tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yeah, we're back, guys. What's up? Susie Castillo here with my co-host. Sean DeFennessy, and we are talking Bound by the Crown. It's That's right. It's the season finale uh, of Game of Crowns. No more Game of Crowns uh, after tonight. Uh, <laughs> Oscar goes to Susie. <laughs> oh, does that mean that you're not upset that this is coming to a close? <laughs> Is that what this means, Susie? You know, Shandy, from the very beginning, we've been talking about the show and how it portrays pageant girls. And just women in general. And women in general. And I know, um, you know, we've we've been in touch with a couple of the women who um, were on, on cast members on Game of Crowns. And, you know, there's a lot of like, well, we didn't know. And, and we thought it was going to be better. And it's like, but you still said what you said. Said, yeah. and that's how they, you know, that's how it happens. That's how it's how the cookie crumbles, as they say. How the cookie crumbles. Well, let's just start off at the beginning of the episode because we have a surprise for you in a little bit. We but do. The beginning of the episode, we wrap up the Legends pageant, and pretty much all the girls make it in the top five except for Lynn and Susanna. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I just wanted to say that really stood out in the top five question, all the girls got the same question. So when that happens as a pageant judge, you really then weigh heavily on what the girl is answering because they all have the same question, especially they all heard the question being being asked, so they had time to think about it. Right. Um, and just from a pageantology, Susie and I run this company where we train girls for excellence in pageants and have two national title holders already, two for uh, Miss Teen USA. Patting ourselves on the back. We are tooting our horn. <laughs> uh, a little bit. But just as an observation, uh, Lorianne, did a lot of rambling, which you always want to put it in a nice little bow on your top five. Uh, she did make fun of herself, though, and said, like, don't listen to what comes out of my mouth. She said that in her private just look interview. look at me. Yeah. Which is cute. Uh, Vanessa, it just seemed insincere and very general. The question was, uh, do you consider yourself someone who, who someone else would want to be friends with? Mm. Um, Shelly knocked down the park. She did exactly what we tell girls to do in the top five question, which is, let the judges learn a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. And she talked about back. What Answer the question, but bring it back to, to your you. own personal life as well. Put your thumbprint on it. Put a stamp on it. Brand it as your own. And she talked about how she is as a friend herself and her authentic qualities and this and that. And I was like, go, Shelly. So, yeah. of course, she did win. She won. And she. I think we both picked her to win last we, we did. For, although, for various reasons. Although I was, did think it was funny because Vanessa the whole time was like, I want to win Miss, or beat Mrs. America. Mm-hmm. But then the top two, when they're just holding hands together, she says, oh, I hope you get this. I know. Girl, it was really weird when she said really? that. <laughs> she said that. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. For the last two episodes, you've been talking about how, you know. You want to win. How she wants to beat Shelly. So but you know it was what, a little though? bizarre. When I was holding hands with my first runner up at Miss USA, mm-hmm. she leaned over and said, This crown's going to look beautiful on your head. Oh. And I was like, Oh, that's you, funny. Like, Miss Congeniality already happened. Yeah. You're not going to win the, the she friendliest. She knew, Shandy. She knew. 
My first runner up in Massachusetts said something similar when the two of us were, were standing there. Really? Yeah, she, we were holding hands and she said, you got this. <gasps> I was like, okay. Wow, why do girls say that? I don't know. Maybe they know. Fascinating. You know, they might know. But we have a surprise for you guys. We have a very special guest. This has not happened before in any of our after shows, but mm-hmm. we have Miss Lynn Well, let's Diamante. start. We, we reached out to Lynn and to Leah because yes. uh, there's... Obviously, this whole season, as you guys have seen, there's a lot of conflict between those two girls. And they started off as friends, and they broke apart and shattered into a million pieces. And can they come back together? So we reached out to both. And we do have Lynn with us. But Leah, unfortunately, um, said that she not only didn't want to be a guest on the show, but wasn't even going to watch. She wouldn't even watch the last episode of the show. Right. She seemed like, really upset about the way the show, you know, portrayed the way she, her. I, I don't know if it's, I think the show in general. She was upset about it, and she what she said was that she hopes to shed some positive light on the pageant world in the future. She said she hopes she gets the opportunity to do that. But so we don't have her tonight, unfortunately. It would have been nice to have her as well. But we do have Miss Lynn Diamante. Lynn, are you there? Hey, hi guys. How are you? Hi. <laughs> it's so nice to. Meet you over the phone and to finally talk I to know. you because we've been watching it was nice you. To meet. So, I know. And <laughs> yeah, so so I can see you guys have definitely been watching us. <laughs> we have. We've been watching every single episode. And thank you, by the way. I want to just say thank you for for joining us because I know you're on the East Coast and it's like past midnight yeah, for and you, you have and you ones. have babies. So, so real quick, just I want your overall assessment of because obviously. You know, there's a lot of editing, and I, I get the feeling that both you and, and Leah, who's reached out to us um, via Facebook, that you are both disappointed in how you were portrayed on the show. So if you could just give us, like, a, a summary of why you were disappointed. Are you disappointed why you were, and how was it different from who you really are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's a really broad question, and, you know, I could literally – sit here and talk for hours about that because the filming process was a very, very lengthy process. And I'll start out with this statement. This is what I was told by production on on set when they were filming, that every 80 to 100 minutes that they actually film, um, you know, on location with, with the ladies in the show, about one to two minutes of that actually makes airtime. Mm. So... We filmed from uh, mid-August until, you know, several weeks after that. I mean, I know you see some of the chronology in the show. Sometimes dates are talked about or shown. And it was a lengthy process. And when you put together the bare fact of how much stuff was filmed and how all of those, you know, months of material are edited into a one-hour episode, which, by the way, usually has about 16 minutes or 15 minutes of commercial, so you're looking at 45 minutes of seeing your actual show. Right. Um, it, it's a lot of stuff to cut, and I, you know, I give kudos to the producers and the editors for having the patience. Dear Lord, they must have had patience to sit through some <laughs> of that stuff. Lord, oh God. Um, and you know, put it together in a way that's uh, understandable and makes sense to the viewer because. You know, reality TV is reality TV. It's it's not scripted TV. Um, however, sometimes you end up in situations that are maybe unusual because a friendship has been damaged and now you have to go to a dinner to talk about it or mm-hmm. um, because a fraudulent restraining order has been put against you and you need to break down and cry to your best friend about it. 
Um, so, you know, putting that in context, um, I'll preface, you know, that was sort of my opening statement. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> um, one. But, you know, I'll, I'll add to that. I just, I sort of wanted to get out, I wanted to get this out there out front to you guys because I think you guys definitely, from watching the show and basing your decisions solely on what you've seen on the show, I think you guys really definitely, and, and please, with all, due dis, with all due respect to both of you, you've definitely characterized me improperly. Uh-huh. Um, and, it, it, you know, I can understand that. Well, let me interrupt that, you really I quickly. Guess, I don't think it was us characterizing you that way. We were just going off of what we what were we watching. Saw. Yeah, we, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's and, tough. Cause, and that's why, we, that's why Shandy asked you that question, because the first yeah. question, um, you know, how are you different from what we saw? Because... Yeah, that's all we have to go by. You know, it's like we yeah. we watch oh, yeah. the episode and then we come in the studio and and we discuss. and of that hour, it's being split up between six cast members, so we're yeah. only getting a small piece sure. of each person, and so we're only able to react yeah. off of maybe ten minutes that we see yeah. of you a week. But we're glad you. I mean, please, you know, tell us. It's you know. Well, let me let me us. ask this, uh, Leah, because I I can only imagine what it was like to have shot that much and then watch the edits and like, oh wow, you chose that. That's fascinating. Was there any scene that you watched that really made you cringe and you were like, I can't believe that they just did that with you in it? You know, I think, um, yeah, yes, I'll say probably the one scene that completely just made me shake my head in disgust is when they revealed the fact that she had just, Leah had just found out from her husband, Nick, that I hired a private investigator. Um, I think that is the... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing you guys, but oh. not too bad. I... Okay. Um, we... can, yeah. you, can you hear me? No, I was just going to say that was the scene on the boat, right? Yes, yes, the scene on the boat. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why that was sort of the turning point for me, because that really made me look like an ass. Well, let me just state this mm-hmm. unequivocally. I, I never had, I don't mean to interrupt you. I, please, I apologize if I'm interrupting or cutting you guys off. I'm just having a little difficulty hearing when you guys are trying to insert something, so I'm sorry if I cut you off at all. No, 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 you're fine. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, hearing that, that was sort of the crux or the turning point for me because I then looked like a total ass for the rest of the show. I never, let me state this to you again, I Mm -hmm. never, ever hired a private investigator. No one who works for me ever hired one. None of my friends or family hired one. No one in relation to me hired one. Well, you know, Lynn, we actually sort of, this last episode, we were like, wow, interesting, when everything came out in the court. And then, you know, if someone really did find you so threatening, why would they arrange this dinner with six girls to come together? So, yeah, we were kind of like, oh, now as a viewer, the tables turn. Yeah, as a viewer, yeah. that behavior is very weird, you know? It's like now all of a yeah. sudden, and and I will say that you're absolutely right. After that conversation, that, after that went down on the boat, you know, we were, I came in the studio and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Lynn did that, you know? Because yeah. that's what that's what was said <laughs> on the show. And, and so I'm so yeah. glad that you're, where did that whole thing come from? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. And I mean, I will say that I sort of wish that, you know, all of the press and media that, you know, sort of came at us or specifically came at me regarding that. And, you know, even even with you guys, and again, I say this with all respect, I just wish people had had an open mind because it was weird to me that it was almost like, you know, I was guilty without ever even being heard. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, comments were made about, oh, my God, what kind of a horrible person hires a private investigator? What could you? It never happened. And, 
I didn't know about this piece of information until I got to court. And that was when it came out, you know, this, and, and this is another thing. I mean, when you look at this, reality TV is supposed to be a piece of entertainment. And I didn't want to, like, really get heavy with you guys. I kind of wanted to talk about some fun stuff, too. But mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I will say that, you know, reality TV, it's supposed to be entertainment. You're supposed to sit down at the end of the day with a glass of wine and laugh at the ridiculousness you're seeing on TV. And I admit that because I knew going into that, I mean, you know, you get – six women who are doing adult Mrs. Pageants who are otherwise, you know, normal, sane, successful women, I'll say during the day, and sort of our (laughs) night job is that we're pageant contestants. And that's funny. And that could have been really amusing and tongue-in-cheek and farcical. Um, But somehow it turned into a show about death threats and Mm -hmm. mean girls and lies. And um, it really... I don't know what happened. I don't know who was driving the crazy bus, but the crazy bus went off the road, girls. Well, sure. <laughs> let me ask we this. Saw it. <laughs> let me ask this because, I mean, 99.99999% of the people in the world have never been and will never be on a reality show. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll just never have that opportunity. But going into the reality show and into mm-hmm. Game of Crowns, did you did the producers kind of give you an inkling of like we want this to be dramatic and a lot of like cattiness and chaos or did you believe that this was going to really showcase the best qualities of girls competing in pageants and as mothers and wives and, and the sisterhood? What did you think going into it? Yeah, yeah, and that's a great question. I, I'm, I'm really glad that you just addressed that because that was something I actually want to touch on with you guys. Going into this, um, all of the people involved with it, I'll call them the powers that be, I think you understand what I'm saying, uh-huh. <laughs> um, suggested and alluded to the fact that, yes, this was going to be a show about six successful women. And if you look at the women, you know, all of the other cast members, each and every one of us, we all have interesting qualities. You know, you look at Lorianne, she's young, she owns her own business, she's an international fitness champ, and she's a firecracker. Um, you look at Susanna. Susanna owns her own business. She has owned real estate in the state of Rhode Island. She's very well known in our area. Um, she's funny as all hell. She's successful. Um, you know, Vanessa is a nurse anesthetist. You know, also, obviously, a cancer survivor, also a successful woman. Shelly, I believe, is an RN. She has a few kids and a successful marriage, and she's, you know, she's kind of had the best of both worlds, stay-at-home mom and career and Mrs. America. And then, you know, Leah, at the time when the show was being filmed, I believe she was some kind of a recruiter or, or she had some type of a good executive job and has two beautiful kids. And then, you know, you have me. I'm a CEO of an eyeglass company. Um, I sent you guys some info earlier mm-hmm. about stuff I've done with pageants. I wanted to get into that later with you, too. And I'm also an attorney, and I, I raise a beautiful little girl, and I'm proud to say I have a, a 16-year marriage. And So you were under it, the belief, though, that they were going to showcase those qualities of you girls? What I believed was that the show would be about six successful women who, however, all had this common bond of pageantry and sort of the, I'll call it the punchline in there, is that even at our age, we would still, you mm-hmm. know, enter a beauty pageant for one reason or another. For me, the mm-hmm. only reason really that I ever still continued to enter Mrs. Pageants was because my daughter loved them and she wanted me to do them. And also because there are charity pageants in this state and you can enter them and, you know, you raise money for your, your designated charity, which is important to me. So that was what I didn't think it would get as filthy, dirty, you know, roll in the mud as it did. And I don't know if that has something to do with casting or I don't know if it has something to do with P 
people tasting fame who never tasted it or never thought they would taste it. And I think maybe you have to look at the background. You know, Shandy, you mentioned on one of the shows when they, I think you were joking, but you talked about how they cast and they're like, okay, you're crazy. We're casting you. Mm-hmm. you know, okay. You're crazy. We're casting you. Yeah. And you, you have to look at why they cast people. And, you know, looking back on this, I'm saying, I do, you know, I sort of do wonder what the reason, other than the fact that we all, you know, had um, a distant relationship and knew each other. I just, I sort of wonder what, what the point of some of the casting was at this point now that I see how the season has yeah. played out in, it, well, in its entirety. Do you, so, do you think that yeah, the ahead, producers at all um, kind of put fi- fuel on the fires at all um, and, and kind of encourage things? Do you think maybe they would talk to one girl over the other and be like, oh, this might be going on? You might we all... Do you think they kind of helped build that fire? Or do you think this all happened kind of organically and we just watched it unfold? Um, you know, again, I, I go back to what I said before. I think you have to maybe consider multiple sources. Um, I will stand by the fact that nothing's scripted. You know, I can tell you honestly nothing. I, I was never approached with anything scripted or told to say or do anything. Um, but, you know, when you get into a situation that's really not natural, um, you know, for example, the overnight at Shelley's house, mm-hmm. Um at that point in time during filming, we all liked Shelly. And, um, you know, sometimes you do things for a friend that seem right or seem appropriate. And I think we were all willing to try at that point. But in the real world, I don't know if that would have played out so quickly. Sure. Um, so, so you have to look at multiple sources. And I'll just, I'll just go back to casting. You know, for me, in my world, in my professional world, um, I've just recently um, designed and, and launched a sunglass line. I, I run a huge eyewear company. For me, celebrity styling and celebrity product placement has been a very big part of my business because putting our product on celebrities and being on movie sets, being on TV sets, um, you know, going to L.A. and New York back and forth constantly to do product placement and have my executive team do product placement is a big deal because when you have a luxury fashion product, that is, you know, celebrity placement figures pretty large on, you know, into selling the product. So for me, I've been around behind the camera, never ever in front of the camera, but I've been around and seen how these things work. So I went into it with my eyes open and sort of having been, you know, backstage and behind the curtain and having had a look at it. And so for that, reason it wasn't shocking to me because I've been around it so long as, you know, a a corporate sponsor in sunglassing and Mm -hmm. we've been in gift suites and at red carpet events. So it wasn't really eye-opening to me, but I think for some of the other cast members who have never been around it, um, it was too much, too quick, and it it tasted and looked like something they really wanted to swallow whole. Who are those? Who are you talking about? Um, I would have to definitely say uh, Leah and Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you okay. said yeah. this was your first time kind of in front of the camera. Would you do it again, knowing what you know now? Uh, you know, experience makes you wiser. Um, I, you know, I think going into if there's going to be a season two, um, I think going into that, you know, I've I think I've been <laughs> schooled, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> I I think that um, I'm choosing my words carefully. <laughs> I I think that um, I think I probably um, would do season two for no other reason other than the fact that 
I have nothing to hide and I have nothing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And now that I sort of know what type of tricksters and um, different type of people I'm working with on on the cast and um, in other various areas, uh, I I think I would be a bit wiser. Okay, so let me ask you this then, Lynn. (laughs) If you were to go on to season two, is there anything Mm -hmm. that you would change – whether it be the way that you ask some of the thing, ways that you act or things that you say, would you morph or change? And I'm not saying like not be true, not be Lynn, but mm-hmm. would you mm-hmm. hold back a little bit? Because in all fairness, some of the, the stuff that they edited in, some of your comments could be a little catty at times. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you probably gave them two hours of interview and they picked the one little thing that at the mm-hmm. end and you're exhausted and you probably threw it out there as a joke. Um, but regardless, <laughs> they used it because they're, they're going to use everything they can um, against you <laughs> if, they, if they have that power. <laughs> so would, would that, you change anything? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't really think I would change anything other than just to survey my surroundings and – uh, just be a little bit um, more reserved. I mean, if unfortunately, I, I haven't gotten to know you guys prior to this phone call, but if you guys knew me, if you guys lived in Rhode Island and you were one of my friends, I tell it as it is. I'm a very truthful person. Um, I swear a lot, not in front of children, but <laughs> with my girlfriends. <laughs> um, I tend to have a very dr- extremely dry sense of humor, and it's it's one of the things that my friends are amused by with me. And so I think some of that is taken wrong. Like, I'll give you an example from the show. Um, A lot of people went absolutely ballistic about the whole tea room thing. And, you know, that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke. I mean, the tea room is, it's not a tea salon. It's it's a friggin' room in my house that I slapped some blue paint on and stuck some gold decorations. And just for amusement, I called it the tea room so that, you know, my daughter could throw tea parties in there as a, you know, fun little cute little girls thing to do. And, um, you know, that's sort of, like, I sort of feel like the jokes or the punchlines were frequently missed because for some reason everyone was taking the show so seriously and mm-hmm. picking it apart. So so when you ask what I would do differently, um, you know, maybe instead of having fun throwing a little girl's tea party and calling that blue and gold room the tea salon, maybe I would say, um, come over to my blue and gold room for some tea. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, I think that not that I would ever not be true to myself or be dishonest, but I think now that I understand that, you know, sort of the jokes go over people's heads. I mean, even, you know, you guys sort of, um, you guys took issue with the fact that I made a joke with my stylist that some guy in the checkout line had said I look like a combination between a Smurf and Heather Locklear. Mm-hmm. And that was hilarious. I mean, that guy was funny. That was a funny thing to say. It was stupid. It's a terrible thing to say to someone. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't be proud of that. But that was funny that some jerk said that in a checkout line. And mm-hmm. You know, I I think for some reason, and especially I I respect both of you, so for two educated women to sort of take that seriously and not understand that that was something that was said in a joke, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sort of starting to wonder just how powerful this editing or the portrayal was because... I'm not really sure why someone wouldn't understand well, all of the joke. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. yeah, it doesn't come across. It, does, it doesn't come across. Clearly. And also that was the very first episode we had watched. And uh-huh. we mm-hmm. literally, we sat down to watch it hoping that it was something different because we've seen Honey Boo Boo. We've seen Tellers and Tiaras and we were hoping yeah. for 
some type of empowerment with women and showing how mm-hmm. pageants aren't just like on a whim like I'm going to go compete in a pageant was, and there, listen in all fairness there was a little bit right there was there was but, but there on was the first so episode but on the first drama. episode we sat down and we were like whoa what is this mm-hmm. and yeah. and so it was just it was it was overload it was kind of like by the by the time it got to the the blue hair it was like the straw that broke the camel's back and so we were just like what but then the more that we did watch i mean they did throw in a bit of that and i and i do believe personally that if it went into a season 2 they will play up more of your professional careers and i feel like the first season they just have to throw as much fuel on the fire as they can to get as much buzz and and create as much attention and mm-hmm. like shock value so that you guys get a season 2 and then they can kind of build up your characters more and show more dimensions to each of you. At least I hope. Um, yeah, it's you know it's it's an interesting process, and I you know I will you know just going back to your original question, as I as I said before, I could speak for hours on on your first question, which was a very broad question, but you know even because we just talked about the tea party, even something like that, um, even to see children mischaracterized you know Mm -hmm. Susanna's daughter Bella she's like a daughter to me you know Susanna and I are very good friends and my you know Bella's always in the house and Julia's always here my daughter Julia and uh, I'll share something personal with you guys because this did get out in the press I didn't really plan on sharing it with the press but it ended up getting out there I don't really know how but at the end of May my daughter was in a very serious accident and she ended up in a hospital her skull was cracked in three places she had a broken nose it was a horrific accident. My daughter is 11. Mm. Um, the world stopped for me. Everything stopped. I took time out of work. I did nothing except stay home with my daughter. And this was a very personal and very difficult time. Um, thank God she's fine. She's made a full recovery and she's going back to school this fall. Mm. But what I want to share with you is that Susanna's daughter, Bella, and Susanna, came over here you know she would come after school this was at the end of May and then when school got out in June she would come earlier every single day during Mm -hmm. my daughter's recovery Susanna would knock on the door and Bella would be with her and they would go upstairs to my bedroom I had moved my daughter into my bedroom she was basically almost incapacitated from her injuries for quite some time Mm -hmm. and Bella would get in the bed and my daughter would be sleeping or you know half awake whatever Bella would get in in my bed and I would say Bella it's okay you can lay on my bed and this adorable, sweet, beautiful seven-year-old child would just lay there with my daughter. She wasn't fidgety. She wasn't like, oh, I'm bored. She would literally just lay there, and she would hold the remote. And if my daughter would wake up, she'd say, Julia, do you want me to change the channel? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and every single day it was something different stuff. The animal, not that she ever had to bring any gifts. Mm-hmm. That's not the point, but we're Italian. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and every single day it was a different treat for my daughter. And um, That's really this sweet. is what friends is- do, and this is this is who Bella is. Mm-hmm. So to even see a child, um, you know, I understand that those children ate a lot of sugar at the party, but to see a, a portrayal like that. Um, well, not only that, but with Bella, they, how they like announced her as like the most famous kid. And then the song that she sang, which I'm sure it was, it was a tongue in cheek song. But if you don't know anything about these characters and what you see now is that, you know, parent, Perhaps the parent raises the child and then feeds it sugar all day and then teaches it that you put value in money and objects. And so that also left a bad taste in our mouth of like, is this real? Well, or yeah, is- I mean, and again, I think, you know, that's again, that's like a Rhode Island thing. If, you know, if you guys were, were from this area, Bella is really, really well known for her modeling, for her singing, for her dancing. And um, the song, I think... You know, I think overanalyzing those er- those lyrics, um, it's it's just a cute little pop song that a, a kid is singing. And 
I, I mean, I guess maybe because I know Bella and I love her and mm-hmm. I know I know who she is and, and, you know, she's like like I said, she's like a second daughter to me. I don't take any issue. Um, mm-hmm. I've never, ever seen her do anything rude or inappropriate. I mean, Susanna and I have traveled with Bella and Julia together and these kids have sat through meetings just patiently like little adults mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been in you know, nice hotels and they've been at, you know, dinner functions. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can personally tell you, you know, my daughter, Julia, nor Bella have ever done anything that would raise an eyebrow for any adult to say. So, you know, I'm, I, it's just interesting because I, I think just sort of from top to bottom, it all just depends on what you're looking at, you know, sort of through the little peephole in the window. Well, know? I mean, it's just what, again, it's what we, you know, it's just what we saw. It's like what the, what yeah. the editors and producers chose to show, to put out there to the world. Yeah. You know, unfortunately they didn't show, you know, how sweet she was and how she went yeah, to, yeah. you know and, what I mean? Like things like that story that you just told us. I mean that, and yeah. like you said, I mean, I think uh, I learned she, a tremendous amount because you just mentioned how many hours they actually shoot and then how many minutes of all of those hours that they show us. And truthfully, I have never met a single person on any reality show who has said, oh, I'm edited exactly. Like, I'm very happy. That's who I am. I've never met a single person. Everyone is constantly, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. And if you talk to any of the real housewives that the first season, they're almost disgusted at watching themselves. And because they're like, that's not me. And I was edited this way. And it's like, yeah, you were edited, but you did sort of say and do those things. And, but I totally get it. I totally, totally get it. And then they go into the season two and it's a hard pill to swallow of like I want to do this the money is great and this and that so I'm gonna do it I just have to realize that to detach myself Mm. and the hardest thing I think is for those people's children because they go to school and those kids don't know anything other than what's on TV Mm -hmm. and the moms talk and I think it's just a really really tough situation um well, let me ask this. Um, let's go back into one of the episodes um, because about your wedding, and I understand mm-hmm. that every year that you, when you do the renewals, they're not normally as lavish as what we saw. Yeah, no, they've never been. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we did that read that, ahead. and we did read that on your blog, so that it did explain a lot. Because at first it was like, "Whoa, like are you spending this much money <laughs> yeah. every day?" Every so year, so we yeah. or every every year. So we did read that. Um, but just a question that I have for you, because um, I understand dealing with loss and how tough that is to, especially at a time when it's supposed to be celebration and joy, and now you're yeah. dealing with um, a very sudden and severe loss of your father, mm. um, a person who's so instrumental the day that you get married. And, and has such a huge role, and now that role isn't there. Um, but my question for you, rather than mixing the two in your in your head of, of marriage and losing my father, um, have you ever considered separating the two? And instead of, I mean, you could still do some type of renewal or celebration, but to maybe even start a foundation for your father in his name where some of the money yeah. that maybe you would have spent on an awesome dress or something like that can go into this cancer foundation? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think just to, to clarify, and actually there ha- there was a foundation called the Joseph Michael Scholarship Foundation, which was active for many years. Um, we maintained it in his honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the missing piece of all of this, and I know you said you've read the blog, but the missing piece, which really wasn't highlighted or showcased um, in the show, and I, I hope I'm addressing what you just said, but my husband and I would frequently go away for our wedding anniversary um, to Las Vegas on, on the actual, you know, weekend closest to our anniversary. And 
just as an amusing thing, after dinner at one of the nice hotels, we would go over to Elvis's Neon Chapel of Love and pay our 40 bucks and have our renewal service. It It was a joke. It was something funny to do. But sort of within that joke was the fact that I was psychologically trying to move past always associating my dad's death being so close to my original wedding. And I you know, you, you miss a lot in that scene in, in Shelley's house, but it is true. People were walking through the receiving line and saying to, oh, saying to my mom, you know, we're so happy for your daughter. Congratulations on having a new son-in-law. You know, people were saying to my mom, we're so sorry for your loss. Definitely. Um, you know, and the wedding was obviously very bittersweet, but what I will say to you is that we've never, ever before this, this was a 15th wedding anniversary party. Um, we had planned, you know, any of my friends or family who are close to me will tell you, we had planned to do this for many years. We were just waiting um, for a milestone occasion uh, to do it. And the 15 years seems like a good time to do it. So this was the only time we ever invited guests. It was the only time I ever had bridesmaids. Um, it was meant to be a theme party, um, you know, just like you sometimes go to one of these, you know, charity galas or somebody's 50th birthday and it's like a roaring 20s party or a Mm -hmm. zoo party you know it was meant to be a theme party and it it had certain elements you know I've I've been bashed for the fact that it had an indie a few Indian elements and that I had gargoyles and I've been extremely bashed that those are not Lebanese no those are not Lebanese traditions they're not it was an the gargoyle was creepy I'm just gonna put it out there he was a creepy gargoyle I I, but after reading your blog I I understood why you had the the gargoyles I didn't know that that's what gargoyles (laughs) were you know what they symbolized no, no. Oh, Regardless, I, I, I would have yeah. gotten a stone gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> they were really cool in person, and it was like, you know, if you guys had been, I think if you saw it in person, you would have gotten a different perspective. I yeah. mean, this is living art. There's a company up here in Rhode Island that, that makes this beautiful living art. They all look like such And the, the guests got a kick out of it. The guests took pictures mm-hmm. of the gargoyles and the living vine. And mm-hmm. But the, the Lebanese elements that were there, it was mostly Middle Eastern food, and we had a Middle Eastern band, which you really didn't see much of. Mm-hmm. And another thing, we had um, scarves with jewels on them, and the guests would shake those as the bride was walking down the aisle. That's another Lebanese. There were a few elements of Lebanese tradition, but by no means did I ever claim that gargoyles were Lebanese or uh-huh. that wearing a bindi was Lebanese. I just wanted an exotic flavor to this wedding. I wanted mm-hmm. all of the guests to just escape for the evening into an enchanted garden. Mm-hmm. And it looks like end. they did. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, my thing was that I just felt bad because, um, you know, I'm very blessed. I still have my father. And I always think, like, because I'm so close to them, the day that he does go and, and I'm no, he's no longer in my life and how traumatic that will be for me and hard to deal with and especially if it happened around my wedding. And so I just – I feel bad that in your – head that those two collide and I know that they do and I was just trying to think how can you separate those and maybe celebrate your wedding and and then do something for your father separately yeah oh and absolutely I was just you know I was getting to that and I think you know another piece of this that you you never get to see in the show but there were events that that contributed to this my dad was a huge supporter of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and my husband and I have continued to be huge supporters in our business and our personal life of that charity and, you know, my dad, obviously, with the Lebanese heritage, um, my dad was full Lebanese. I'm only half Lebanese. But Danny Thomas, the founder of that organization, was an amazing man. And he had a dream to build that hospital, you know, for children with cancer and to continue research and to hopefully someday find a cure. So this has been going on for decades that my family has supported 
that charity. And I will tell you that through the years, there have been many events, either business or pageant related, and certainly the wedding that had to do with raising funds for St. Jude. For example, we did ask our guests not to bring gifts. And so many of our guests know that my husband and I have been such huge supporters of St. Jude. Many of them brought checks made out to St. Jude. Mm, And the other thing, yeah, and, you know, even, I'll I'll go one step further. I don't want to get off topic or digress, but um, when I was Mrs. Rhode Island United States a few years ago, my husband organized a send-off party, and again, he, he did the whole thing himself. He asked guests not to bring me any gifts, but we did ask the St. Jude's representative to set up a table. And we had 150 friends and family come to this beautiful, posh restaurant that had donated everything for the party. And my guests had a ball. You know, every, the band was donated. Everything was donated. And at the end of the night, St. Jude's made thousands, possibly tens of thousands, were, were given to the Rhode Island Committee um, on behalf of my guests coming and having a great time and That's having nice. drinks and hors d'oeuvres and dancing. So just not to digress, but we have honored my father's memory, and especially because he passed from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've honored it many times in that way. And as I said, there was a Joseph Michael Scholarship Foundation, which we are currently working on continuing that. And um, his name is definitely kept alive. The reason for the 15th wedding anniversary party was really just to have a fresh start and a new beginning and just have some clarity um, and some closure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was as much for my family as it was for me. And just, again, to, to address your comments about why not, you know, gives money to charity. I certainly, you know, I think you guys had indicated that maybe tens of thousands of dollars were spent on the wedding. That's not the case at all. Most of the vendors who supplied um, everything, you know, for that wedding were personal friends of mine who knew how much this meant to me and how much it meant to my heart and how much it meant to my family. And many of those vendors made gifts of their services to me and attended the wedding as friends as well. Mm-hmm. And these are people who I've done business with for years for other events and other charity um things we had thrown or fashion shows or whatever. So people sometimes do really nice things for you. (laughs) And um, it was this wedding by certainly by no means was not an extravaganza of blown money that could have been donated to a children's hospital or cancer charity. It was just a fun anniversary party. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I think that you asked me earlier, what was the the most cringeworthy moment on you know, obviously the first cringeworthy moment was <laughs> finding out that this fake private investigator was hired, but the second cringeworthy moment was, was hearing it called a circus clown display of affection um, by Vanessa. And, you know, I'll just address that for a second. I, I mm-hmm. think you guys at one point in one of your shows, um, you thought it was uh, amusing that Vanessa said, what are you trying to out-cancer me? Um, and, you know, you guys had said, well, you, you know, they competed everything, and now they even compete with cancer. And I just... That's a horrible thing to say. Um, you know, cancer's not a joke. Mm-hmm, uh, cancer took my father's life. I had two aunts who both passed from breast cancer. Um, I had a third aunt who, who had double removal of her breast uh, and did survive. And I personally am a skin cancer survivor. So, you know, that is, I mean... No, cancer is definitely not a laughing joke. Susie and I actually both champion the cause for breast cancer awareness. And individually, we both raised over individually $30 million for breast cancer research. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so, no, our comment came from the way, again, perhaps that it was edited, but it was leading up to the pageant and why I want to win a 
over this and I'm I'm going to beat this girl and and then the cancer walk that Vanessa was going on and she was like well I've had cancer and this and that and then it was cut to you being like well I've had cancer too and it was just this like one upping yeah. constantly so it was by no means at all uh, yeah. poking fun at, at, at cancer yeah I mean I you know I I out of all the things I saw on the show over the whole season hearing her say in her interview or her confessional as it may be that what are you trying to out cancer me? I mean, really, I don't, you know, I don't care how far you're going to go for a show or how far you're going to go for fame. I really think as a cancer survivor, that should not have come out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. And I think out of everything that happened in the show, you know, other than having a fraudulent restraining order attemptedly, (laughs) attempted to be thrown at me. um, I, I think that that is maybe the most hideous line in the whole show because it's not a joke. Cancer destroys families. Mm-hmm. Uh, it destroys yeah. lives. It destroys children, marriages. You know, it's yeah. it's a horrible thing. And, uh, you know, that spoke volumes for me, um, as if I didn't already know, but that spoke volumes to me as to the character of the person saying it. And, sure. Um, Lynn, well, did you, I mean, you, hard, you yeah. guys, um, are you friends now? Are all six of you guys friends? Um. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm very friendly with Susanna and Lorianne, who are wonderful, wonderful girls. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll divulge something to you that, you know, as I st- you know, when I had originally, um, you know, when we originally agreed to do this this interview, I I think I said to you guys, I think you need to know some of the truth. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll I'll divulge something else to you. Um, I was speaking a little while ago about the horrific accident my daughter was in back in May, mm. and. That actually happened the night before we were all supposed to have media training um, in Connecticut, you know, do's and don'ts sort of of being a reality, you know, I don't know, two-minute celebrity. (laughs) And um, obviously I couldn't make it to that media training because I was in a trauma unit with my daughter wondering what was going to happen when you have a child who has a skull with three fractures. Um, I really did not care about anything else on earth other than my daughter. Understandably. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the cast, you know, clearly they, they went to their media training. Um, some of the girls, um, namely Leah, uh, Vanessa, and Shelley, were sort of snickering about the fact as to why I wasn't there. And Susanna stood up in my defense and said, I wasn't planning on divulging Lynn's personal business, but Lynn's not here because her daughter is in a trauma unit seriously injured. Mm-hmm. And then from what I've heard, because I wasn't there, there were some more small remarks made at the end of that table. And then Shelley spoke up and said, well, while I feel bad for her daughter, I would never, ever reach out to her. Um, so, <laughs> again, like I said with Vanessa's out cancer you comment, that kind of comment coming from Shelley about an 11-year-old child with a fractured skull Mm. is very concerning to me. Well, yes, absolutely. But here's the other thing, too, and I've just learned this through through life, is it's so hard to take what someone else says because mm-hmm. unless you were there. Because perhaps, and who knows, because obviously we definitely weren't there. Yeah. But for all we know, Shelly could have, someone could have said something about reaching out to your daughter, and she would have been like, well, I would, I would have never reached, like, not meaning after the mm-hmm. fact in the accident, meaning before. Like, I wouldn't have known about this because I, I would never reach out to her or her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I think we run into a lot of trouble when it starts playing telephone kind of and one person says one thing and and I, I don't know. So I would just caution that. So you guys were mm-hmm. friends, but Lynn, you were friends with Shelly while the show mm-hmm. was shooting, right? Because what we mm-hmm. saw, I yeah. mean, it seemed like you guys were very good friends, but then your daughter's accident happened 
just this year. Yeah, yeah, no, we, you know, we we were. I mean, I I think the great divide came when Leah decided to, you know, go into a court of law and lie on a document and mm. come up with a temporary restraining order, which I had to, you know, go through a major legal battle because, you know, once once someone goes to a, a court of law and says, here is a document. Uh, I sign this. It's a sworn affidavit. I say that everything that's in here is true. Um, the fact that she went into the court and didn't have any evidence, and I'm about to release the court transcript. I'm going to um, release the entire 63-page court transcript uh, from my case, and I'm also going to release copies of the restraining letter um, order. That'll be going online sometime tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you can read through the entire court case, and you will see... Leah went into that court with nothing. Uh, there wasn't. There was no evidence. Um, she claims in that restraining order so many mean, hurtful, vicious things about me, and there's not a shred of anything to support it. Because if there was, she would have brought it into court with her and handed it to the judge in black and white with her attorney and mm-hmm. said, you know, here's right. evidence of what I said in the research. There was nothing. And when you read the court transcript, it'll become very, very evident to you that there there was nothing. And yeah. that's well, very and concerning to me. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> well, and it also was a little fishy in this last episode, Bound by the Crown, when, you know, if, if Leah really did feel, and I wish that she would have been a guest with, with us tonight, but um, and we did reach out to her, but unfortunately she declined. But it, it, if you really did feel like someone was threatening your life and this and that and you wanted a restraining order, then why get together for a dinner six days later or whatnot um, in hopes of all rekindling? So that that was just mm-hmm. a little interesting. Yeah. So, so what you're saying, I guess, you and Leah are no longer friends as of now. Is that right? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, year. you know, I'm I'm not a rude human being. So if I was ever at an event pageant related or right, you'd charity be cordial. Function, cordial. of course I would be. Of course, I would be cordial. Um, okay, so you know, what about you and Vanessa? Are you friends? Um, no, we're not. And, and you know, the, sort of the funny thing is, I don't, I don't know if you guys have, have been keeping up with sort of TMZ kind of stuff, but um, Vanessa, Shelley, and Leah had a premiere party on July 13th down at Foxwoods, and Lorianne, Susanna, and I had a premiere party up here at a very nice hotel, uh, Crown Plaza in Warwick, and lots of friends and family. So there were two separate premiere parties. Oh, that's And so funny. Uh, Vanessa's premiere party, uh, Nick bit the ear of Vanessa's husband. Um, like, basically, we're talking a cannibalism act here. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like so, a Vander Holyfield. Remember when that happened? Yeah, Tyson. Yeah. And oh, I, I my didn't know God. If, oh, Tyson, yes. I didn't know if you guys knew that. I mean, it's one thing if two boys get in a bar fight and throw a couple punches at each other, fine, whatever. But it's an entirely different thing when you're biting the ear off of another human being. I That's definitely disgusting. did not hear that. Wait, this was so this um, was Nick to, is it Brian? I'm sorry, what was that? Who, what, I'm, I was Vanessa's to... husband? Yeah, it's Brian, I think. Yeah. Yes, Vanessa's husband, Brian. Uh, if you Google it, you can very easily come up with a Google TMZ Game of Crowns ear-biting. That You'll be able is to see. crazy. Yeah, and I, I sort of thought you guys didn't have that story because it was no, so weird to me that, didn't. you know, during all of this, people are saying, you know, oh, um, you know, poor Leah with this, but that. But, I mean, I, I think what people aren't getting, for some reason, 
is the full story. And well, um, you never do. You never do with reality yeah, TV. But but also a, a problem, from so many different places. It is. You and know? a problem that I had was that you know if people did speculate that Leah's husband Nick was abusive, they kept saying, "Well, it was out out of concern for Leah." But I would went hope. To her. I would hope if if Susie was thinking that my boyfriend was abusing me, rather than her talking about it, that she would come to me and say, "Sit down. Like, is this happening? Is there a problem? Do we need right. to get help?" And come directly to yeah. me. So that was the only thing that I was like, why wouldn't you girls go to Leah if you thought that her husband was being abusive? Mm. Yeah, and, you know, I can address that, too. I never said on camera or off camera to anyone that I thought Leah was abused. I mm-hmm. never said that. Right. My, you know, sort of uh, antennae, I guess, didn't go up until Nick started yelling at me at the Mrs. New England States pageant using profanity and, and being very domineering at the Mrs. America pageant. Uh, you know, then I saw in the episode he's twirling a knife at Twin Oaks restaurant. His father, you know, asked uh. Susanna if she wants her husband dead. I mean, and well, on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's you know, actually, fire. since you've watched all of the episodes now, um, and you saw that, because if Nick had said at that event, I want to kill you or anything like that, and made a threat to you, Bravo would have aired it. Like, they would have edited that part and eventually revealed it. And they didn't. So maybe he didn't quite exactly say that. And I know I just totally understand, though, that that's still what you heard. Because if you believe something, like, it's real in your in your mind. But now yeah, that I mean, you've watched it, do you, do you, what are your thoughts now? I mean, you know, I and of course, I'll, I'll be happy to address that, too. I mean, I heard what I heard. And, you know, I, I think here's another interest, interesting piece to this story. Um, there's a lot of things that the viewers and, you know, you guys are not really getting um, for, mm-hmm. for, for reasons of the powers that be. And honestly, if you're super curious, I'll be more than happy to give you some <laughs> names and phone numbers of people you could call up after we hang up who might give you some really big answers. But when you actually see, um, there is a scene in there of Vanessa and I talking at the waterfront. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at the end of that scene, I stand up and I unzip my jacket. And you guys were kind of razzing me, like, why'd she unzip her jacket? It looked like you were going to fight her. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, were... I unzipped... no, when I, I, I saw that, true. I was like, she's going to take yeah. her jacket off. She's taking, she's getting ready. She's getting, <laughs> yeah. she's no, going to no, throw I'm, down. I'm, yeah, no, I'm not violent. I didn't want to fight her. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to break my nails. Um, but, um, <laughs> No, the reason the reason that happened is because I took the jacket off to take the microphone off. I was finished with what I had to do there oh. because Vanessa kept pressing on the death threat issue. And I will tell you this. This is about as far as I can go with this, but I will openly state this to you. That whole incident became such a mess, it ended up in the hands of multiple network lawyers. And I can't really go any further than that. But the comment that you hear at the end um, of that scene where I say, well, I've already talked to my lawyer, Mm. that that has nothing to do with the fact that Vanessa and I were arguing about Leah's friendship. That has everything to do with the death threat. And there's just a lot. I mean, there were points in this show where there were so many lawyers involved, and it was such a mess because of things that were being shown and technicality and what you can and cannot air and, you know, what might, you know, rise to violations of stuff you can show on air. Mm -hmm. Um, But don't you think, though, that um, because they did air Leah's husband, Nick, saying to um, 
uh, one of the girls something like that he does your husband want to eff and die? That was something? his dad. Was that his dad? I think that was the comment that his dad made. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me ask you this: uh-huh. if they if they had shown Nick saying the death threat to me, mm-hmm. would any of the rest of the controversy of the rest of the episodes happened? Let me just ask you that. No, but I was I was hoping for the finale that they would have showed it, that they would have gone yeah. back, and then there would have been a ton yeah. of resolution. Found the footage or something. Um, yeah, I I think you know, you guys are both involved in television, and Sandy, I know you've been involved in reality TV, and mm-hmm. I, I've heard you also say that you're getting into producing. I think for the purposes of public interest, mm-hmm. um, sometimes there are things you can and cannot do on a TV show yeah. um, to continue to drive interest. Yeah, right. I was just hoping because I feel like you did get a bad rap on this whole season. I feel like yeah. they really made you more than anyone else kind of the, whoa, like, I don't know if I'd want to be friends with this girl. And this final episode, I felt like you were finally being vindicated a little bit when you know Leah didn't really have much to back up uh, the restraining order and then the restraining order was lifted and then she was okay with seeing you a couple days later so I felt like you were being vindicated and I felt like if that was the case and they were setting this up for season two where everyone can kind of come back and save themselves that they would have then shown Nick actually making that comment to you and then when they didn't I was like well and it's perfectly okay if you know, you were in the moment and heated up and you you thought he he said it, but, you know, didn't have, mm-hmm. it's okay. But then there just has to be like, a, maybe I did make a mistake. Maybe I really didn't hear it. But mm-hmm. I know how I felt afterward. I felt as though I did hear that, but maybe I didn't. And just to be open to the possibility that maybe he didn't say it. Yeah. And, you know, another interesting thing is that um, after, um, you know, Vanessa was, was trying to line up her allies on the show. You know, this went from being Game of Crowns to being Survivor, you know, where you have yeah. teams and alliances. Like, I'm glad so I got right. off the island, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Christ, somebody ate a big plate of crazy, and I just want the first flight out. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it, this, what's interesting to me is that the loyalty that, you know, Vanessa was showing to Leah you know, her new best friend and taking her for Botox and taking her under her wing. And then, you know, the moment Leah's husband bites Vanessa's husband's ear, the friendship is dead. um, Understandably so, right? You know, yeah. And now, you know, even Vanessa tweeted, and then I I had actually retweeted it. At one point she retweeted, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe Lynn was right. We should have, you know, listened earlier or something like that, whatever it was. It's in my tweet. And so it's just so kind of funny how people just – you know, they sway like the wind. They switch camps like crazy. Sure. And, well, you it's, know, it's it's kind of funny. You know, it's like, you know, Vanessa's just like, you know, she's like in the middle of a bullet storm and she's just picking up people's bodies so she doesn't get shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. Um, I've honestly, I've never in my life seen anything like what I just and what I've just been through. And I mean, neither I, did we. <laughs> so. you know, yeah, and I'll, you know, and I'm in the fashion industry, so mm-hmm. I see all of the best and worst of, we'll call them characters. Um, you know, at Fashion Week and at you know yeah. design houses, and it, fashion is a really crazy business to be in. I'm not sure what's worse, fashion or pageants. I'm pretty sure now pageants are worse. Um, but 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 what I want to say is. I don't think it's about the actual institution of the pageant. I think, you know, you get a few bad apples who spoil the whole bunch. And 
obviously that can discolor anything. That could discolor modeling. That could discolor, you know, commercial production. I mean, you get a few people who are just not right, and that can discolor anything. And this is what I wanted to get to earlier, and I, I sent you guys an email earlier regarding this. I'm a huge supporter of pageants, and I have very openly said, and I am very, very proud of the fact that my experience in pageants was always pretty positive. Um, every once in a while, you'd have a funny or weird experience with a weird competitor, whatever. Um, but all of my experience in pageants, you know, I won scholarship money, won lots of prizes. I paid my entire way through college and most of my way through law school on scholarship money. Um, That's cool. In addition to that, you know, built, you know, skills that were amazing. I mean, if you can go on stage and have the discipline to live a healthy lifestyle so that you're physically fit. You know, discipline of the body lends to discipline of the mind. So being physically fit in a swimsuit competition, really, I've always believed that has to do everything with being healthy, nothing with, you know, to be aesthetically beautiful, really, because if you're healthy and you're doing the right things, then your body's going to have great form naturally. So for me, everything I learned in pageants was about discipline, was about self-confidence, was about setting a goal and achieving it and was about always keeping things in perspective and never taking anything too seriously. And those are all lessons that I carried over into the business world. And while I'm not arrogant, I am confident and I am able to say to you, I graduated law school, I passed the bar, I had a great career, you know, starting out. Then I switched over to building optics with my husband. It's now a multi-million dollar company and I'm very proud of it. And I say this with, with pride and confidence. I don't say it in any way with arrogance. And the reason I'm saying this is because pageants were my start. They were my foundation. It was my hobby. And it was the forum for me to go and have fun and do a you know, fun activity and gain some skills. Right. And I think that you know, both of you girls are a testament to that as well. You're both very outstanding former Miss USA title holders. And I would assume you built skills during that year that are now contributing to your success in the entertainment business. Very Absolutely. much so. Well said. Well thank said. You. Well, it's Leah, so we thank you. Or oh, God, I just called you Leah. Oh. So sorry, <laughs> Lynn, Lynn. Lynn. We thank you so much for um, just filling us in on what we don't get to see um, and clearing things up. And clearing my things up. And yeah. I really hope that you guys get a season two so that we can get to see other sides of yeah. of each of you and. You know, so we can continue the battle of Team Leah or Team Lynn, and America can <laughs> continue to see what side they're on. Because I feel like this the season finale really opened up a, a new side of like, yeah. oh, maybe Lynn is in the right. Who knows? I but know. we thank you for joining us. And um, actually, Lynn, before you go, where can people find you on Twitter? Give let our listeners know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's at Lynn Diamante on Twitter, okay. and um, in Instagram is the same, Lynn Diamante CEO. Excellent, Instagram. and congratulations yeah. on all your success. I know, I know optics very well. I'm from Massachusetts. That's okay. W- there you go. That one, <laughs> and and you've been a sponsor of MUO pageants, the Miss Universe organization pageants. We are. So we're we're very seen... we're very proud of that, and that is yeah. one of our biggest pieces of promotional material. It gives us great great joy. Um, to be a financial corporate sponsor to that organization. Yes. It really does. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for joining us, Lynn. We appreciate it. And thank it. you for staying up late. I, I know. know it's thank late you. there on the East Coast. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to talk to you ladies, and thank you. It's been really fun. Oh, <laughs> it's been great so to have much. you as a guest. Thanks okay. so much. Ha- have a good have night. Have a great night. Okay. Bye. Bye.
So to all of our listeners, one thing I want to just throw out there really quickly, an awesome offer that you have of a Birchbox. And if you don't know what Birchbox is, I suggest that you go to Birchbox.com and find out because basically it's just $10 a month. It runs like a subscription. And every month you'll receive a monthly dose of beauty that is tailored to your profile that you'll fill out. So you get to try new products, um, up-and-coming lines. It's just a really neat way to explore beauty products if you're like any other female on the planet and love beauty products. Yeah, and then if you fall in love with any of the the samples in your monthly box, you can buy the full-size version. And if you put in the promo code AFTERBUZZ, you'll get 100 birch box points uh, with the purchase of your next subscription. So that is basically $10 to spend toward a new favorite product. That's fun. So there you have it. I'm checking that out. And so that's cool. the end of Game of Crowns. What do you oh, think? Are they going to have a season two? I don't know. We'll see. I feel like it's completely up in the air. But how about predictions for season two? Here are my predictions. If there now, is. You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. I love that. I love the sound. It sounds it like It reminds UFOs. me of Halloween. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love Halloween. I'm dying. Can't wait for Halloween. Oh, I can't either. Um, but here are my predictions for season two. Um, Lorianne will have babies. That's clear. Mm. They're setting that up. She's hilarious. She's so hilarious. She was, she would be the funniest pregnant lady oh my and heavens. mom. Um, so that's my prediction for, for Lorianne. All right. I see that. Um, I think Leah and Lynn will continue to not be friends. Frenemies? Frenemies. So it's like Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton? Yeah. After this ear biting incident, what the heck Vanessa's was that? Vanessa's going to go, she's obviously no longer friends with Nick and Leah. I need to go and check this out because did he bite piece of it off or the whole thing? And how and why would you do that? Why would you bite somebody's you ear You know what? Off? I knew a guy in high school who half of his ear was bit off oh. after high school. He was like the cutest boy in high school. Then I saw him at a bar once like years after and, and he, he was like flirting ear. with me and and like I had done something in my life, and he was still just in fluorescent, and oh and then I was like, oh, you, what, ha- what, what, ha- what happened to your ear? Because he had had a whole ear before, and he was like, oh, I got into a bar fight, this guy like bit it off, and I was like, I can't. Oh, my God, I'm glad that I like moved up and got out. Oh my, <laughs> half goodness. of his ear, you'd yeah. have half an ear too, Shandy. If you were still, I'm just kidding. Oh, right. I thought you meant now. I was like, what are you talking about? I yeah, do have little like- ears, though. I pretty much only have one ear when you combine them together. Oh, my. Um, that's, that's fascinating. True. Yeah. Well, and, and I also think, I, I still think Shelly just stole the whole show. I think her class and her elegance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I'm excited to just watch another season. I know. You never, at the end of the day, it's six women Different lives, right? And they're trying to come together to do this and to do the show. And you just, the different perspectives, you never know what goes on. You just never know what goes on in people's head and, and why it, people do things. If nothing else, it should make all of the viewers out there, the 99.999999% that have never been on a reality show, really consider being on one if you're ever approached. <laughs> if you're ever approached, really take a moment and go... I don't know. Yeah. Like, think it over. Do I really want to do because this? Because as we see the editing, like, you're going to get... Yeah. Only it if is you what come it out is. smelling like roses. That's so true. Shelly got so, lucky. Oh, Shelly got lucky. Shelly yeah. smells like roses right now, but <laughs> who knows after season two. All right, guys. Well, we are going to let you go. What a long show today. Holy smokes. This is our longest episode. Um, You guys can find me. At Susie Castillo on Twitter. And I am at Shandy Finnessy. 
that's it, guys. Thanks so much for watching week after week. Hopefully, there'll be a season two and you'll get to see a lot more of us. And if you're interested in pageants, check out our website, pageantology.com. We have an amazing blog. So, yeah, come join us over there. Please do. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.